what God can do with the power of His Word, uh, what He did with the power of a Word, even in Genesis. I mean, He spoke the world into existence, just spoke, speaking it. And so I think that that's what stood out to me the most was the power of God's Word um, and what He can do when He's not even present. But the, the beauty in that is, is that when we're believers, that we have God's Holy Spirit in us. And so He's always present. Um, and that's even more exciting what He can do in our lives, always. Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast this morning. I'm just so excited to have a guest on the podcast. And this is Rachel Adams. And you know what? She, um, she doesn't know this, but she is one of the people that actually inspired me to begin a podcast. I didn't know that. And that oh, and we've been talking for 35 minutes and you didn't tell me this. That almost <laughs> makes me cry, Jen. Are you serious? Yeah, no. Because um, you were one of my first friends on Facebook that had a podcast or did any kind of writing whatsoever. And so from the very beginning, I started listening to your podcast. And I'm like, that's so cool. And so, yeah, she has a podcast called The Love Offering that she's been doing for about four years. And so she, I started listening to her podcast and she actually inspired me to begin a podcast of my own. And she does not know that. <laughs> no, and that honestly, that blesses my heart so much. I had no idea. And I think that's such a good reminder of that we don't know how God is going to use our obedience and our actions. We have no, we have no idea. And like, you have no idea probably who started a podcast or who's done something or opened their Bible even more or something you said that's inspired another action because of your podcast. Like that's so exciting to think about. Yeah. True. I wouldn't have even thought about it that way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Rachel's here on the podcast and she's going to help us. She's going to talk about Luke chapter 7 verses 1 through 10 with me. I'm going to ask her some questions about it and um, we're going to get going with that. But before we do that, Rachel, why don't you just introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do about your new book that's coming out and just uh, your podcast and everything. Well, um, thank you for having me on. It is even more special um, knowing what you just told me. So thank you so much for that. I, um, yeah, I have the Love Offering podcast uh, started season four and I started it because I honestly, I doubted my own love offering. I doubted what I had to offer myself. And 
wanted to live out my faith in a way that was pleasing to the Lord, but, and want to hear one day God say, well done, faithful servant, but questioned how I was serving myself. And so I started interviewing other people because it was a lot easier for me to be on your end of the mic, you know, asking the questions rather than answering them. Um, and so I thought, yeah, I'll just start to ask people, how are you all living out your faith? How are you using your gifts? How are you using your talents? And your treasures for the glory of the Lord. And how are you living out the greatest commandments to love the Lord God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And it looks so different in everybody's life because of, you know, their age and their stage and where they are, their experiences and their backgrounds and what God has them doing. But it's just been, it has been the, I wish I would have said I started it because I had this major master plan, but I'd it, it ended up, it's just been such a gift to have so many wonderful conversations and um, be encouraged in my faith personally. Um, and then, yeah, I have a, my first devotional is titled A Little Goes a Long Way, and that is coming out in October. And that is a, along the same lines that I questioned my own significance. Does my life and the things that I'm doing, does it matter? But wanting it to. And so what I hope to encourage women is, is that a significant life is a lot simpler and smaller than we think it is that God's going to take every little thing we do uh, a long way for his kingdom and for his glory. Yeah, that's super exciting. So when can people purchase your new devotion? It officially releases October the 4th, but I'm hoping that the pre-orders will be available sometime late summer. Uh, I don't know an official date, um, but I'll, if you, um, if you want to follow along at, Rachel Adams author on social media. I'll post about it as soon as I can. I'm excited to share the title and the, um, or not the title, but the actual cover. I'm excited to, to share that uh, with everybody because I'm just, it's such a dream come true. Um, and I pray that it really does genuinely help uh, the readers. Like it's helped me just to even research it and spend time with the Lord on, on that topic. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited for you. I remember when, um, when you posted about your book coming out and this is your first book, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. Is. Yeah. Just so exciting. I, I'm just so excited for you. And I'm excited to read it because we were talking before this. And one of the things I said to Rachel was, I also don't feel um, like the mundane work that I do is significant. But yet everything that Rachel is going to be talking about in her book is how God gives you that kind of work. And it is significant mm-hmm. because, you know. Yeah, <laughs> at least I think that's what it's about. <laughs> now you're now you're spot on. And I'm just thinking back to what you just said at the very beginning about because I started the podcast, you were then encouraged to start the podcast and something that I may have thought was something little, then God has already compounded and already multiplied. And I think that that is just what's so beautiful about everything that we do. We just don't know the impact that it may have, you know, just in the contagiousness of, of the little things we do, like the hellos and the smiles and the conversations and the prayers that God's going to use it all. I really believe it. Yeah, it's very true. So today we're going to be discussing Luke chapter seven, one through 10. So as always, I ask everybody to grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. I just grabbed mine. And we're going to read this passage, but I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. version as I always do. So feel free to grab your Bible and read along. After he had finished speaking in the hearing of the people, he entered into Capernaum. A certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick at the point of death. 
When he heard about Jesus, he sent him to elders of the Jews, asking him to come and save his servant. When they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying, He is worthy for you to do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he built our synagogue for us. Jesus went with them. When he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. Therefore, I didn't even think myself worthy to come out to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having under myself soldiers. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned and said to the multitude who followed him, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. Those who were sent, returning to the house, found that the servant who had been sick was well. I just love this passage. Like, this is so great. And, and just the, the faith of the centurion is just something that I think that, you know, is just so inspiring, I suppose. So, Rachel, what stood out to you the most about this portion of scripture? Um, so I think what stood out to me most is about just this faith, because God has been really working on my heart in this specific area. And in fact, I have been doing watching this series by Pastor Mike Todd about crazy faith. And he has actually has a, a book on that topic as well that I've not read yet. But he was saying that people think things are crazy until it happens and then they count it as faith. And if you really look at like the Hebrews Hall of Fame, all of the, the, the faith, people of faith and the things that they did, specifically even Noah, I'm thinking about people probably thought he was crazy until it rained, you know, him building the ark. And so how many, and so God has just really been working on my heart in this area. Like, Rachel, are you are you demonstrating your faith to me? And so I'm so glad you 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 selected these verses um, for me to even just study, because I think that that was even further confirmation that really in Hebrews 11, one says that faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. And that's what this, this Roman officer really did. He wanted um, his servant healed and he didn't have to see Jesus and Jesus didn't have to see the servant, but he was still healed. And I think what God can do uh, with just a word, that was the, that was the, the phrase that really stood out to me the most, but just say the word uh, and my servant will be healed and what God can do with the power of his word, uh, what he did with the power of a word, even in Genesis, I mean, he spoke the world into existence just spoke, speaking it. And so I think that that's what stood out to me the most was the power of God's word um, and what he can do when he's not even present. But the, the beauty in that is, is that when we're believers, that we have God's Holy Spirit in us. And so he's always present. Um, and that's even more exciting what he can do in our lives. Right. Always. Yeah, I love that. And even the the centurion himself it says Jesus marveled at him. <laughs> I know that stood out to me too, actually. Yeah. yeah. So that was the part that stood out to me specifically was just the fact that this faith was so great that Jesus hadn't even seen this level of faith yet in his ministry because he says, I have not found such great faith. No, not in Israel. Well, my, my, 
Mine said um, he was amazed at him. And I actually put a question mark beside that too, because I thought, how often did, did, was Jesus amazed at anything? I mean, how often was that even in the Bible? We need to, I'm, I'm going to research that. I probably should have done that before, but now that you're bringing that up, that, that was a, that was something I have underlined as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine having faith so great that you amaze Jesus. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it inspires me. Doesn't it inspire you? Yeah. Yeah, it certainly does. And you know, this man, the centurion was definitely not a Jew. He was a Gentile man. You know, a centurion was somebody who was a Roman officer that um, oversaw a hundred soldiers. So yeah, he, I mean, this guy was definitely not a um, not a Jew, but it does say that he was well respected among the Jews because in verse three, it says that um, he himself, the centurion, sent elders to Jesus, like Jewish elders, because he didn't want to go himself. And so you have to remember the the relationship between the Romans and the Jewish people at this time period. So this, to me, is absolutely fascinating that this centurion was so humble that he himself was not willing to go out and seek out Jesus for this problem that he was having with his servant. And, you know, any other centurion, I would guess, maybe not any other, but most other centurions kind of treated the Jews like absolute crap, which is why which is why the Romans and the Jewish people didn't like each other very much was because the Romans mistreated the Jews all the time. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's even a verse in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, you know, go with uh, one of the soldiers that demands you to carry his pack for a mile, go two miles with this guy. And so, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that the Romans would do to the Jewish people. They didn't treat them well at all. But this centurion, who was an officer who had power, who was in command, was so humble and so faithful that he was not even willing to go to a to a Jewish man, Jesus, who would have been considered kind of poor at this time. You know, Jesus was not a rich man. But like he was willing to go and like send elders instead to almost convince Jesus to come and heal a servant. Because here's what the elders say. They say he is um, this man is worthy for you to do this for him, for he loves our nation. So even the centurion, like he just had not only faith, but he did, in fact, love the Jewish people and respected them and respected Jesus as well. So that's something that was to me, crazy about the faith of the centurion. And that was actually a question I was going to ask Rachel, but I answered it <laughs> for her. <laughs> no, no, I mean, and I'd like to piggyback on that because when at the beginning of Luke 7, verse 1, it says, when Jesus had finished saying all of this, well, so what that's referring to is like the Beatitudes. And he had just talked about loving your enemies. Mm-hmm. Well, so what what are these people doing? It's, it's you're showing immediately the Jews and the Gentiles and, and the Romans, like they're all loving each other. Like this is such a beautiful picture of that lived out. And then I also found in my research that this is one of the first times in Jesus's ministry because he had been ministering to all the Jews and now he's including the Gentiles, mm. which is so beautiful. So he doesn't discriminate based on like you, to your point, like here's this Roman centurion that 
that's wanting to help his servant that's now, now sending these Jewish elders to Jesus. And so it's, it's, there's no discrimination on the background or experience or the race or any of those things. Like they're breaking down all these barriers and loving who's supposed to be the enemies, but they're wanting to help each other. And then I love too what you pointed out about the humility, because in my, I'm reading out of the NIV and in verse four, it says the Jewish elders said, about the Roman centurion, this man deserves to have you do this. Well, and so then, but then he ends up saying, um, the centurion says, well, I'm not even worthy. And so the elders almost put him up like, gosh, you got, you should do this for him because he, he deserves it. And how often do we say that? Like, oh, I deserve this. We start to feel, I don't know. I mean, that was a little bit convicting to me too. Like, Jesus, you should do this for me because I've done this for you. You know, how often Mm -hmm. do we do that? But what he's saying, like, no, Lord, I'm not worthy. Like the humility in him when he could have been, he's usually in such an authoritative role, but he wasn't. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And again, convicting to, to me personally. You know, you, you even brought a new point that I didn't think about was the difference in faith almost between the Jews and the Gentile, well, the Gentile man in this passage where the Jews often expect Jesus to do this stuff. Mm. And we, we see that a lot. That's good. But the Gentile man was not expecting Jesus to do this, though, of course, he he did, in fact, ask the elders to go for him. But yeah, but he believed he, believed he could do it. But yeah. Didn't know that, yeah. Yeah. One, and as a Gentile, he didn't. He didn't grow up. He didn't grow up being brought up to know a loving God. I mean, and so maybe that's why it was counted as such great faith because, and I do want to bring up this point. Is it okay, Jen? Sure. That um, I did find also in my research that the Roman centurion probably reached out to Jesus because he had seen another Roman officer in John. um, Let's see. It's in John chapter four, verses 46 through 54, that when Jesus had healed the Roman officer's son. And so when we talk about our faith, when you start to see somebody else, Jesus answer their prayer or see their faith, um, I think that it builds our faith. And so as we continue to act in faith and demonstrate our faith, and even as we're talking about today, seeing God react out of just a word and a son and a servant be healed, by just saying the word, it increases my faith too. And so I just think I take such, um, that excites me too, to think about what our, how we demonstrate our faith, how that can build somebody else else's faith to then go and demonstrate their faith. Like the domino effect of that is exciting to think about. And here's his response here. When he doesn't allow Jesus to come into the house, the man says that the centurion sends his servant to say, Um, for I also am a man placed under authority, having under myself soldiers. And I tell this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. So because this man was in authority, he understood authority, and he knew that Jesus had great authority. And one thing that I think is almost a theme through Luke so far that I've seen is Luke places great importance on Jesus's authority, his authority over spirit, like evil spirits, his authority over sickness, his authority over death. And just the authority that he had where the people are like, Jesus speaks with great authority as compared to 
the Pharisees and the scribes, like Jesus is different. So Luke really places a huge emphasis on Jesus's authority. And this centurion recognizes how much authority Jesus really has because the centurion himself understood authority. And he, I mean, what, other, what better person to understand authority than a Roman official that uh, had a hundred men under him, you know, like, so that just kind of shows right there how much authority Jesus really did have that somebody so powerful as a centurion recognized how much more authority Jesus had than even he did. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's like, we come to the end of ourselves. You know, we know in the, at the end of the day, we're human and, and God is God and we, we need him to do the impossible. And so we just have to have faith um, that he will. And, and that makes me think of any time we have need that that's the per- first person that we should go to, because we know at the end of the day, like, yes, we can impact each other as human beings. Yes, we can help one another. But at the end of the day, God is the only one um, that can truly do the impossible when when we need the impossible to happen. That's true. And going off of that, you know, sometimes we don't go to God because we're like, oh, we shouldn't bother God with this problem. Mm. But, you know, Jesus, whenever anybody asked anything from him, he was never like, you're bothering me. Yeah. You know, he, he never once said that. And Jesus obviously is the reflection of the invisible God which is what it says in Romans, I, believe, I think Romans. And so since Jesus was never bothered by people's requests, obviously God is never going to be bothered by our requests. And he even says himself, Jesus says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. So going to God first with our issues is not going to bother him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's another thing we can take from this is just, yeah, God does not get bothered by us, I don't believe ever. Do you know what else is just coming to mind, Jen, is that when we think about the power of our words, the power of God's word, and since Jesus is no longer on earth currently, but we do have his Holy Spirit and he's interceding on our behalf and just the power of our intercessory prayer for each other. If we can't actually be present with one another, you know, hand to hand, being able to touch and our prayers really matter. When we pray to God, his presence is everywhere. He's omnipresent. And um, just the power of our words to him and and what he can do when we intercede um, for for one another. I I was just thinking about that. Like God doesn't have to specifically be in a location and neither do we for change to come about and for a difference to be made. Mm. Wow. Thanks. Yeah, that's an awesome point because you're absolutely right. I mean, Jesus didn't even go into that house and yet that servant was healed. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. That's something I struggle with is actually my prayer life. I think I've told people that before. So I try to write my prayers down when people ask me, but yeah, I mean, and then I remember to pray for them, but even then sometimes I just, I doubt the power of prayer, I think is my my biggest problem with prayer is I doubt the power of it. And so, yeah, thanks for bringing that right, that to us, Rachel, because that's, that's a good point. But we are out of time for today. And I think this was a really great discussion that we had. And so many good points that I, I didn't even think we would go in the direction we went. So I thought it was great. Thank you, Rachel, for coming on the podcast. 
Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And tell everybody once again where they can find you and look you up and check out your podcast and your new book. You can find me on social media at Rachel Adams Author, and that's R-A-C-H-A-E-L, Adams Author. And same thing with my uh, website. It's rachelkadams.com. And um, I'm excited to share the book whenever it releases, and that can be found wherever books are sold. But um, Jen, thank you so much. This was uh, a treat and and a a challenge. It was convicting and um, good for me personally. And so I pray that it was for, for those that listened as well. Yeah. Thanks, Rachel. I appreciate it also. And I will definitely drop a link to uh, Rachel's website and some of her social links in the bio of this podcast episode. So you can click right over and find Rachel and reach out to her and connect with her. All right, friends and faithful listeners, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. And as I say, at the end of every single one, happy listening and God bless. (laughs) 